What's shaking? Hey, we're back. You're back with me. I'm back with you because that's where we are right now. You are listening to this because you want to learn some things. And today we're going all in. I've got some pretty amazing conversation to have today with a, with a fantastic guest who's into empowering consumers with their health choices. And a lot of it has to do with, with different types of consumables. I'm talking like beverages, foods, that kind of stuff. And we're going to talk about this because I'm with the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Organetics and Organic X Lab, Samil Maheshwari. What's shaking? Hey, Rick. Thank you so much for having me on the, the podcast and the show. Samil, I'm so glad you came on today, man, because, uh, you know, last week I was filming this TV show and it was awesome because they had so many fantastic sponsors, right? And, and just, uh, I mean, there, there were energy drinks, there, there were organic cold brew coffee drinks that were in, you know, prepackaged containers, these amazing, these, I fell in love with these midday bars that is like, and the reason I fell in love with them because of like, it's all it's all good ingredients. There's nothing that makes you bloat. You know, everything that's in there is organic. It's all plant-based. It's like a chocolate-based thing too, but it was good protein, good fiber. Obviously, I mean, when you look at me, it's like I care about my nutrition you know, and how it affects my body. Dude, you've got to be so pumped to be in this industry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've been in uh, the industry for more than uh, 10 years now. And um, with the, the pandemic, um, with uh, COVID and all, uh, the, the real answer was that you need to, uh, you need to be healthy. Uh, and the best way to be healthy is make sure you have uh, proper nutrition, make sure you're staying healthy, exercising, all those things. Uh, and so the last two years, I've just proven that. Yeah, man. So how do you choose good products to get involved with? Because it, th these are not products you're creating yourself, right? You're developing supply chain and, and distribution platforms for a lot of these products. That's right. That's right. So uh, when we take a look at uh, different products, different uh, agriculture, different fruits, crops, uh, we take a look at the, the science behind it. And, and I mean, we dive in. Uh, we look at what's in the berry, what's in the crop, uh, what different compounds are in there, how it affects their health, what's beneficial. And sometimes what are the toxins? What's not good about the product? So what do we bring that down? And how do we do that? And then, of course, it's, it's a huge deal for us to make sure that it's a sustainable supply chain, that we're bringing value down to the, to the farm level. Uh, and so how do we make sure that we can build from there and scale it uh, for the, the mainstream or the mass consumers? And so all of that plays a role when we're establishing the supply chain. And at times, uh, we will invest into the supply chain itself to make sure that we're doing it right. Um, so it's a, it's a, a process. We have our drawing board, uh, much like the one behind me and, uh, we, we dive into it. Man, that's awesome. There's something that you mentioned all the way down to the farm level. And I want to make sure we hone in on that for a second, because I, it's easy to just breeze right past that. But I think that's really the power of what you're doing because, uh, you know, there's so many new products, beverages, consumables that, that come to market every single year. Right. But they're, they're not farm level involvement. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have to go down uh, to the farm level, uh, whether it's um, our indoor farm that we do with uh, organic functional mushroom ingredients or the outdoor farms that we use all the way across the world in New Zealand and Tanzania. Um, you, we have to go down uh, to that farm level. That's where you can build your, your first level of trust. That's where you can build your first uh, level of value. Uh, to the supply chain and make sure that you can uh, scale from there. 
Um, so with, uh, with Aronia working with, uh, with Blake Johnson, um, that's been phenomenal, um, with his farms in, uh, in North Dakota. Uh, I do not uh, think I'll visit that in December. Uh, <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I would I hope not, that. man, especially being from California, dude, that's a bad place to go. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I did that in Wisconsin. Uh, me, uh, my wife and I, so my wife works with me. Uh, we went in, uh, in Minneapolis in December, landed in, uh, two feet of snow. Um, and then went across to Wisconsin midway, uh, where we had, uh, a sunny 60 degree day after the snow. Uh, people thought we Californians yeah. brought in the sunshine. And then the next day was a tornado watch with, um, uh, less than, uh, 20 feet of visibility. So I, uh, <laughs> I'll spare myself next time. I'll go in the summer. Yeah, no kidding, man. It's interesting. I mean, being from Chicago too, we get that diverse and wide swings of weather in just those 24 hour periods too, but it does not get as cold here as, I mean, it gets yeah. cold, but not as cold as like Minneapolis or North Dakota, man. That brings on an interesting thought. And I'm curious about this because I've never had this conversation with anybody that's involved in like farm level supply chain and distribution before. Yeah. How do you project how much product you can make because obviously there's seasons for these you know if it's aronia or any other kind of product that is farmed there's obviously seasons for these Be so how do you make sure that that supply chain is sufficient enough to carry a product through the entire year because you just don't pull them out of stores once december hits no great question um it is tricky and that supply demand balance is really tricky and uh, again, one of the lessons from the, the pandemic is um, supply chains can be a nightmare. You can have shortages left and right. Um, you really had to plan for it. And even when you plan for it, things will happen. So that's uh, the name of the game. But uh, we try uh, to match um, the demand forecast. We know with our position as a, uh, both a raw material supplier as well as this platform uh, for building these supply chains, we get to uh, have a bird's eye view of um, what the demand side looks like over the next uh, month, next 12 months, next maybe 18 months. And we get to look at uh, how our supply and how the, the next season will look like. And so sitting in between, we get to get um, a, a good view, a good idea. Now, things can go really good. It can become um, what we can say viral, I guess, but I don't want to say it with the whole pandemic thing. So maybe you can say uh, things go really well, it explodes in the market, and uh, then we're left with a shortage. But we're going to be honest about it and say that we're not cutting any corners. And if there is a shortage, uh, we'll try to meet with it as best as we can without cutting any corners. And other times um, we may overestimate because maybe the market just isn't there yet. And it's going to be there, but maybe not yet. And so sometimes we have a little surplus. And so we had to deal with that at, at times. But it is tricky, right? That's a uh, tricky Rick. That's, <laughs> I don't know if I was ever called that in my life, but it was just an interesting phrase <laughs> that you said right there. Uh, you think of all the other supply chain issues, you brought it up right over the past two years. And uh, I'm curious, obviously food is something that we're seeing these days. There's a lot of farmlands that are starting to really go away. Uh, and it, it's kind of sad because I mean, we're, we're starting to produce more synthetic foods and while I'm actually excited about some of those, especially if it comes to, to good foods, you know, and, and good, good products that could come to market too. I mean, it, who knows, maybe cloning at some point, we could actually clone an aronia berry 
you know, and have it produce the same things. There's a lot of cool tech that's out there to provide good sustainable foods in, the, in that type of thing. But farming is like one of the backbones of this country. You know, and how do you see that affecting a lot of the products that you have right now with, with farmers just really like hanging up and saying, you know what, I'm done farming. Oh yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's so many things that happen with farming and you really got to feel for, um, for some of those things. I mean, you drive through California through Bakersfield and, uh, the central Valley. Um, there's a lot of dust bowls out there yeah. and, um, it, it's just like the movies. You have these little dust bowls just coming across the five freeway. Um, and it's just because of uh, water shortages, droughts and so on. So you, you really do feel for that. Um, you have to, in some ways, uh, try to get uh, predictive climate insight uh, on the way things are moving or things are changing, and you got to uh, move move with that uh, that um, the climate in the land. And so, where aronia berries are grown specifically, that is well uh, acclimated for that climate, and so that's allowed us a little breather, a little uh, breathing space. Um, other ways, Rick, what you just said about the the cool tech and uh, and food and agriculture. We are definitely on that forefront. I mean, uh, our mushroom ingredients that we're using uh, and our mushroom partner, uh, Sempera, uh, also in California here, uh, they're doing indoor farming for mushrooms. So completely isolating from the climate and the ecosystem, uh, making sure we're taking use of uh, good use of that space, even the vertical space. And uh, some of the, the proteins that are coming out with mushroom proteins that can mimic um, uh, meats. It can, uh, I wouldn't say substitute meats because that's your thing. If you're vegan, you're vegan. If you're not, it's uh, up to you. But that the protein, the taste that you can get with these mushroom proteins uh, and the texture you can get is phenomenal. And That's all cool. of that is uh, no water wastage, no emissions. It's, it's incredible. Dude, I love a good portobello burger. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the impossible burger, I'm sorry, but that thing is just messed up. You know, you put beet yeah. in that thing. Just There's so much junk in that thing. Yeah, it's a it, it's touted as this healthy alternative just for you know for for vegans or plant based diets and I tried one one time and I'm looking at this thing and I know this isn't you but which is I'm I'm actually complimenting you because you're going all the way down to the farm level rather than trying to put something in this package to make it mimic something else you know anytime you have to make something look like something else that is not a good thing <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, that's what I think so. yep. Uh, the thing bleeds. Have you ever had one? Have you had an impossible burger? Yeah. Yeah. What do you it's, think about it? I mean, I bite into it. I taste beef, but I'm like, this isn't beef. Why is there red stuff coming out of it? Well, there's beet juice. Why should there be beet <laughs> juice to make him mimic this thing? Anyways, I'm going on a rant now. <laughs> no, you're right. There's a lot of junk <laughs> in there and high sodium. It's, uh, it's definitely not healthy. <laughs> no, it's not. And most of the protein in that is legumes too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, which, uh, the, yeah, they, they cause havoc on your digestive system. Anyways, back to, the, you know, we had our little segue and our little rant about impossible burgers and all that, but dude, I'm excited for what you're doing, you know, cause it, it I'm hoping that we can continue to accelerate in this country by things like you're talking about your mushroom supplier, like what they're doing, you know, your mushroom partner and start to bring some of these things back to uh, almost like a new modern age of agriculture. You know, and you're seeing this a lot being applied to like, like hemp production and, and those things. But what about regular crops? You know, where do you see the farming industry going with regular crops? I'm not talking aronia and all those special things, but you're in the thick of it, man. What about corn? 
You know, what about, what about soybeans? What about all the traditional type products? Yeah, no, great question. Um, I mean, AgTech is on the forefront. Um, the way that uh, we're going to feed 7 billion people more, uh, counting more and more um, over the next uh, uh, years and decades, it's, it's a huge deal. Uh, on top of that, you got um, uh, folks like you know, Elon Musk talking about uh, international or what do you call it? interplanetary expansion. So you're going up uh, on the space stations on moon and Mars and so on. And how are you going to uh, bring that food supply chain with you? So that tech is definitely important. Um, at the same time, you can't forget about um, the, the everyday crops that you use. Um, who love, I mean, who doesn't love a good uh, corn, uh, especially on like uh, July 4th or uh, at any point, but you gotta, you gotta keep in mind that uh, there's a, a huge agricultural belt in the Midwest and um, across America that's uh, feeding um, not just us Americans, but also um, exporting out of uh, America. Right on. And so that's that's a part of the economy, part of part of the GDP. Um, so we had to uh, make sure that we uh, we stay in tune with that. Um, unfortunately, with uh, with the way sometimes climate moves, you've got to adapt to it. Um, sometimes that means adjusting your land, going out there, going uh, maybe moving northward, maybe moving south, uh, closer towards the equator. Things like that, you have uh, phenomenal satellite technology. You have phenomenal predictive insights now into what will happen. Um, then you got uh, crop um, uh, uh, diseases, so you had to uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, there's a, there's a lot more science that we know about agriculture uh, compared to what we did um, just decades ago. And we also know now that you shouldn't be using synthetic pesticides left and right. I mean, that will seep into the soil. Oh my uh, and God. Can also see into did, crops. did you see what they were just letting out about Roundup, right? The, the, oh, yeah. the weed killer and how they're fighting so many cancers that are based off of that stuff that gets into the soil, of course. And then people are eating this stuff. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is completely messed up. And on top of that, sometimes with that damage, you might not see it happen right there in a year, maybe five years. Sometimes that damage from that pesticide or fertilizer, synthetic fertilizers, might be years later, and sometimes even a generation later. I mean, you'll have uh, at times, and there's been cases and instances of this, kids born with defects because of exposure to this. And so you just, for us, it's about organic. So we stay with uh, USC Organic when possible, try to min minimize the use of uh, any sorts of uh, pesticides or fertilizers where possible. Um, so that's been um, our motto, really, just to make sure it's clean, it's ethical, uh, something that we can, uh, uh, there's also this talk of regenerative agriculture. So you're giving more back to the environment of the agricultural land than you took away from it, um, rather than just sustaining it. So these things are, these things are happening uh, today. And it's that's just cool. exciting. That's awesome, man. You know, what I don't like and then I'll get into what I do like, cause I, well, I like what you're saying. <laughs> I like, I like the, your mission that you're on, the, the vision of the entire company that you, you know, which is a family business, as you said, which is freaking phenomenal too. You know, but just everybody who just touts, you know, oh, just eat organic, you know, you know, save, save the plants and, and all this other, I'm just going to call it bullshit because it, yeah. they're just saying it to say it. That's literally it. And they're not doing anything about it. You know, was what you're talking about. You're getting down into it, man. It's phenomenal. And I can get behind something like that, you know, just, just because you're, you're the, the sustainability of what you're doing is going to set the tone for ag tech and agriculture as a whole for this country for generations. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's, it's exciting. Uh, 
you know, being a family business, uh, family company, uh, sometimes you have contentious dinners. Not going to lie. <laughs> You're on a dinner <laughs> no, table that never happens business. with family. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish. Um, but uh, we, we go through with it. And uh, just the change that we're making or trying to make, at least, yeah. it's, uh, it's there. Uh, and yeah, you got a lot of, um, like you said, some bullshit out there. So you have to narrow down what's going on. Um, sometimes you take a look at a little, uh, uh, label or a little marketing spiel and you say, Oh wow. Like I can stand behind it, but hold on a second. What's really going on. Are you, um, are you diving into it? Um, with us on our websites, you will see the transparency all the way through. I mean, the impact we've made and we come out with a sustainability report an annual report every year, yeah. making sure we're uh, we're showcasing the the impact we made, so it's it's phenomenal. I'll give you another example, Rick. I mean, we're working with uh, with farms out in Tanzania. Uh, we're making a huge impact out there, uh, trying to work with female farmers out there. Again, same thing, working down to the farm level. We've visited those farms, uh, giving them agricultural training, making sure that uh, we're bringing value down down to that level. Obviously, some of the crops that we uh, that are grown in Tanzania can be grown here. And that's how we need this, uh, this global supply chain. That's so awesome, man, man. This has been such a, such a unique episode because it's not a topic that's ever been on the show before, you know, but it, it's so cool to see you dive into this and it's a, it's an American business. It's something that you guys believe in and it's something that's changing the, I mean, really like historically one of the greatest parts of this country's GDP. <laughs> it, it's Incredible, man. <laughs> what are you really excited about? Because I mean, I've got a lot, obviously there's Aronia, you know, I don't even think we got into origin N or whatever that is that, that you guys yeah. do. You know, I'm curious about that, but what are you really excited about now, man, that's going to happen for you guys in the next 12 to 24 months? I think, um, we, uh, we had some hard learned lessons uh, during the pandemic, especially with supply chains and the way that uh, we need to, uh, think about the future. And so um, with the way that we're positioned ourselves and making Organetics truly a platform uh, for innovation, a hub for innovation, and making sure that we can do both, uh, supply our uh, legacy customers and longtime customers to um, our uh, investing into our supply chain partners to make sure that we can scale with them. I think the next two years are going to be phenomenal in terms of what we can innovate and bring out. Um, I'll give you a, a sneak peek. Um, yeah. We're working with... Uh, with Costa Rica, actually. Um, so that's uh, an equatorial climate out there. Um, so some of the, like I said, the crops that we can grow in Costa Rica and can grow it here in America. But uh, we're, we're investing in the next generation of uh, sustainability out there and bringing it uh, back here into the uh, America for any American to really have. Um, by the way, Costa Rica, that was the best lemon I've ever had. Uh, and really? I can't get over it. I, <laughs> the yeah. best lemon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's this uh, farm out there, a 7,000 acre farm uh, on the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. And uh, it's near the city called uh, uh, Limon, Lemon. Uh, and that's one of the best lemons I've ever had. I can't get over it. That with um, the, the beer they have out there, you take it in the, the heat of the summer, uh, put some lemon in there. Oh man, it was heaven. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'll, I'll never be sad about getting involved in business projects or anything like that just for personal reasons or things that excite me, you know, and I, yeah. <laughs> now you know that you're going to be doing more business in Costa Rica just because of the lemons. It's awesome. <laughs> That's cool, brother. So let, let's end with this because I mean, 
the the show is uh, you know for entrepreneurs or those who are aspiring to be some at some point. Maybe they're entrepreneurs right now. You know they're doing good things for for people they work for. They're they're making a lot of money trying to make money for other people. Yeah, you know, Organic X Labs. You guys invest in products, correct? From what I understand, that's right. Yeah, to to, that's right. to help bring them to to market. What are some of the things you look for? Like like you know maybe the top three things to say. Okay, we might be interested in this. Yeah. Um, so with Organic X Labs, I mean, our focus has been on uh, the food and beverage sector. Um, that's where our expertise, a lot of that is. And so we look at uh, what sort of product they have, if there's any, uh, uh, what the supply chain looks like to make sure it's something that's clean, uh, clean label, something that's sustainable. It doesn't have to be organic or certified organic, but something maybe within that space. And uh, we also take a look at um, uh, what the, the projections and the, what the, the trailing uh, 12 month revenue looks like so we can see is this something that will stick and something that can scale uh, and and really rick we, we try to think of ourselves as a strategic uh, investment uh, and a strategic fund because we're able to bring in some of that um, expertise uh, especially the supply chain uh, or the usc organic sector and the other is that we can also um, try to connect them within our portfolio of companies or uh, within the industry to make uh, to make sure that they can scale um, so these are some of the, the things that um, we, we love looking at. And of course, um, some of the ideas that uh, American entrepreneurs have, it's, it's phenomenal. I, I, love, uh, I love this country, the entrepreneurial spirit that's in this country, the way, the ideas that some people have. My, it, it's, uh, I can go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I appreciate that's the perfect spot to end this episode today because American entrepreneurship is something that's really going to continue to drive this country, the innovation that we have in agriculture and beyond. Sawmill, thank you for being on and going all in today. Thanks so much, Rick. Really appreciate it.